Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Swackman and Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Are you ready to tackle the first day of school? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) If not, we got you because in this episode, we are diving into how to organize your first day of school. I feel like every teacher needs this episode. Even if you've been teaching 20 years, you're still, you know, a little bit stressed going into the first day. Amen. (laughs) But first, let's hear a TSH or time-sucking hurdle from Sophia. Sophia says, as a new teacher, my TSH is being overly worried about... what I don't know. I am entering my very first year of teaching in August, and I'm the youngest hire with the least amount of experience. I know I have so much to learn, especially given that my student teaching was deeply impacted by COVID restrictions, and I am just feeling overwhelmed with anxiety about what I don't know. What are your best tips for new teachers, especially those who are low-key freaking out this summer? Yeah, Sophia, congratulations first. Um, Your very first teaching position is very exciting, but I completely understand how overwhelming, how overwhelmed you might be feeling right now. Um, As hard as this might be to hear, you are going to be okay. We promise you. Lean on other teachers that are in your building because they were in that position at one point. And so we all remember our first year of teaching. It is just something that you can never, ever forget. Um, And try to be a sponge and just soak everything in. And I want to say this with a little bit of caution because you don't want to try to do it all. So Mm -hmm. yes, be a sponge, but at the same time, don't set these expectations onto yourself that, oh, I need to be doing this, 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 because this teacher that's been teaching for 15 years does all of these things. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Find things that you know that are going to be effective, that are going to help set you up for success, your students up for success, and know that you're just going to grow into the position and that's going to be okay. So I would tell you more than anything as a first year teacher is to focus on behavior management in the very beginning and just beg, borrow, and steal everything that you possibly can. Don't think that you have to reinvent anything because you don't. Just take it from the people that are around you. They're there to support you. Yeah, Sophia, this TSH really spoke to my teacher heart because when you mentioned being the youngest hire, I'm like, yes, that was me. I was 20 years old when I you started. You couldn't even drink, Michelle. I could not even <laughs> drink. I distinctly remember my 21st birthday. I went to Outback Steakhouse because it was a school <laughs> night and like I did get my one little drink, but... It was rough. And so I I completely understand where you're coming from. Did you want to say something? I thought you were going to tell me that you were like laminating and you had your one little drink with your while you were laminating and cutting things out for the next day. Oh, no, I was not cooking that night. I was going out (laughs) to dinner. (laughs) But this is basically what I'm writing an entire book about because there is so much advice I want to be able to give to new teachers. So let me start by reiterating, you are not alone. Nearly every first year teacher feels this way, whether they admit it or not, like secretly they are low key freaking out underneath. (laughs) And the first chapter of my book is actually called Practice What You Teach. And it's all about having the same expectations for yourself as a teacher that you have for your students. Think about when a new group of students walks into your classroom, you don't expect them to know certain things before you teach them, right? That goes for you too. You're not expected to know everything going into your first year because you haven't learned it yet and you have to learn through experience. We also expect our students to be willing to make mistakes and to ask questions when they don't know something. 
but then we don't embrace that same mentality. We expect that we have to do everything perfectly and we can't, you know, ask for help. We have to just somehow do it on our own. So I want you to take time and ask yourself, like, what would I expect from my students? And then you have to lean into those same expectations and embrace them for yourself. Just accept that this is part of the process of growing and learning and know that you feel nervous because you care. And that shows that you're doing the right thing. You're in the right position. You will learn as you go. It will get easier. I promise. Stay tuned, guys, because that's going to be available spring 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Michelle, I have a question for you. Go for it. Do you remember the first day of school? Because I feel like I rem- all I remember of like, like I'm talking about first day as like a kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about mm-hmm. this. I feel like all I ever remember as a kid on the first day of school is like getting lost in the hallways because we had like a two story building and I could never remember where I was going to go. I had to be upstairs and then downstairs at one point. It was wild. Yeah. Nothing is coming to mind. Like I have no distinct memory of a first day of school at any point. What I do remember is being on the bus. I must have been in kindergarten or first grade. I think it was just after I moved. And it was my first time on that bus. So like, I didn't know any of the kids. I didn't know the bus driver. And I remember getting on, I was super scared. So instead of walking like further in on the bus, I just took the first seat available. And at the time, again, I was like, I don't know, six-ish. I was sitting next to a fifth grader who was like massive in comparison to me. And I just remember him like talking to me like he was probably trying to make me feel better in hindsight, but I was just a nervous wreck. And then fast forward, the bus probably went two or three more stops. And all of a sudden, my dad like gets on the bus. So the bus stops at a bus stop. Kids get on. And then my dad walks on. And I'm like, he came to rescue me. Like, this is wonderful. No, I had forgotten my lunchbox and he handed it to like the bus driver to give to me, but he didn't see because I was all little and I was hidden behind the seat. And so I was like, no, dad, like, but he didn't realize I was there. That's my memory. That is traumatizing. (laughs) Yeah. Hence why I still remember it. (laughs) So I think as teachers, you know, when we, when we think about this idea of just planning out the first day of school, we have a tendency to overanalyze that day. Or at least I know that I have a tendency Mm -hmm. to overanalyze it. Um, We want things to be perfect for the first day of school because we want kids to be excited. We want them to come back to school. We want them to go home and say, oh, I'm so excited. I love it. Like that's, I think, Mm -hmm. every teacher's dream for the first day. Uh, And so what we try to do is we incorporate so many different activities, so many different, you know, movement pieces and all of these other, you know, items when at the very end of it, let's just be very honest with one another. Kids are not going to remember any of it. Exactly. I mean, it is important to be organized and have a plan. Yes. So that way your students feel secure and guided throughout the the day and disasters can be avoided. So for example, like you need to know how each kid is going to be dismissed so that you can make sure they get home safely, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to be a big horse and pony show. Yeah, for sure. So what we're going to do is share five tips to help you organize your first day of school and at the same time, keep it really simple. Mm. Again, I feel like this is an episode every teacher needs. So let's jump into it. Number one, you need to think of your day in increments. 
We know that the first day of school is very, very different from the rest of the year. Once you actually get into a flow, you have a pretty set schedule. But the first day is just organized chaos. <laughs> so instead of planning like specific lessons or thinking about your day in subject areas, you need to break it up into time increments. Personally, I would always bullet out my day in small five to 15 minute chunks. We all know that when students return from summer mode, their brains stay in summer mode for a while. Their attention spans are not what they used to be. But having these small increments of time is also going to help you cover a lot of different things throughout the day. And it helps you make sure all of your time is accounted for so you don't have any awkward like times where you're like, oh, what are we doing before the 10 minutes that we have to go to art? So here is an example of what could be the first hour of your day. This is just based on like kind of my experience and what I would do with my students. So feel free to, you know, shift some things around. But Let's say from 8.45 to 9, your students are arriving. Obviously, you want to have something to occupy them. So maybe a word search that's out on their desk. You can have the word search include all of the names of the students in the class. So that way they can start figuring out who's in the class. Then once that bell rings at 9 a.m., maybe from 9 to 9.10, you're going to spend a little bit of time introducing yourself, telling your students about you, your hobbies, your likes, your dislikes. Then I think this is super important. From 9.10 to 9.15, discuss bathroom procedures. Yes. (laughs) It needs to be early because there will be that student that's sitting there crossing their legs and they're like, I really need to go to the bathroom, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) So get that out of the way because I know when I go into a new space, the first thing I do is scan and know where the bathroom is. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe it's just because I have to go all the time. I don't know. Then from 9.15 to 9.30, maybe you spend that chunk of time discussing how to line up and what the hallway procedure should be. And then you actually want to practice with your students. So have them practice getting in a line, have them practice walking down the hallway. Then now that they're ready for the hallway, maybe from 9.30 to 9.45, you can take a small tour of the school. You don't need to show them every nook and cranny. You just need to show them the places that they need to know how to get to. So the cafeteria, the gym, the nurse's office, your other team teacher's rooms, or maybe teachers that you somehow connect with very often, maybe where the computer lab is. And then from 9.45 to 10, come back to the room and maybe complete an icebreaker or an easy get to know you activity. So speaking of kind of taking a break, Bridget and I are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to share a second tip, which I personally think is one of the most important. Hey, Bridget, question for you. Are you still doing those arm exercises I showed you when I last visited? Yeah, I have. I've even gone up to 20 pounds, so I'm super impressed with myself. But my arms are always really sore. I'm just grateful (laughs) that I don't have to carry a ton of items inside of my teacher bag every day. Yeah, because you do all of your planning digitally, right? Of course I do. You know that I've been a digital planner for years now. I use our digital teacher planner on my iPad, and I love that I have access to my plans everywhere I go. Now, I was always team Google Slides, but thankfully, our digital teacher planner comes in two formats, so you can choose between a tablet version and a Google Slides version. Plus, I love that I have every checklist I need for the school year, so I can stay on top of my game and spend time with my family on the weekends. Now, if you want to be like Bridget and get some of your time back by planning digitally, you can grab our planner in our store at teachingonthedouble.com store. We have all the different planner options available, plus you can customize the planner you you choose with digital stickers we have available in our store as well. We have monthly stickers, header stickers, and fitness stickers if you're trying to up your workout game like me. 
You're going to be so buff the next time I see you. <laughs> I can't wait. Now, we also have a set of stickers you can download for free, no purchase required. You can grab those by clicking the black button at the top of our website that says free stickers. So head on over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com, and get started with digital planning today. So tip number two is going to be to spread out your routines. Now, there are a lot of routines that I think we have to cover as teachers, but the first day is not where you want to cover them all. (laughs) This is where you need to identify the most important and valuable routines to introduce to students on that first day. This is number one, going to limit how much you talk to them, um, and it's going to give them opportunities to interact with each other throughout the day. If you had an entire day where all you did was just sit and listen to the teacher tell you about how to grab a folder, where to grab all the student supplies, how to put away your backpack, how to turn things in, it would be the most boring, dreadful, horrible day and you would never want to go back into that classroom. So Instead, think about some of those items that you for sure want to hit on the first day because these are going to be things that students are going to start with automatically. So first thing is putting away backpack. I will oftentimes just have my students take a seat with their backpacks Mm -hmm. because I, for the love, cannot try to deal with welcoming students, showing them their seats and showing them how to put away their backpacks all at the same time. So instead, I show the students where their seats are. They place their backpacks on their seat. And then after the bell rings, then I will take them through the process of where to take things out and then how to put their backpacks away. It just makes things a lot simpler. Yep. You're also going to show kids how to line up, as Michelle mentioned earlier. You might talk to them a little bit about playground safety. So how will they know when they have to line up? You may need to do at least one call in response. In fact, I only recommend that you mm-hmm. do one call in response. Don't overwhelm them because you're not, they're not going to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. find something that's simple. Um, you might also want to talk about lunchroom procedures because they need to know how to go through the lunch line. <clears throat> And then you want to talk about dismissal procedures and how to go to the bathroom. (laughs) These are going to be those bare bone necessity items to help kind of get you through the first day of school. Now, I would be sure to go and check with a team lead or maybe some administration for any other procedures or routines that your school may require you to incorporate. So some ideas about this are like fire drills, like yep. do you have to do that on the first day? Yep. Some will tell you the first week is fine. So just get an idea of when you have to have those discussions with students. Yeah, that one's so important because I had one school where we would have a fire drill on the first day of school every year. Stop it. I'm not kidding. And so that had to be a procedure that I made sure I went through with my students. Wow, first day of school. <laughs> yep, just ripping off the Band-Aid. Um, tip number three is to guide your day with slides. And after I wrote this, I was like, Michelle, missed opportunity. You should have just called it slide through your day. <laughs> but Aww, Right? That's y'all cute. Know, You're punny. Thank you. I try. Um, <laughs> I once had a seventh grade teacher who used puns all the time. And I started keeping a tally in my notebook and every day I would update him like of how many puns he had used. (laughs) That's probably where I got it from. But y'all know I love my slides. I set up all of my slides through Google Slides to guide my lessons. And I'll usually keep like 
a unit together and then the Mm -hmm. slides will just kind of go through sequentially. So just like I do with my lessons, I have always used slides for the first day of school. So I would have a slide for each routine I was going to teach, each activity we were going to participate in. And the slide would basically have a bulleted list of things that I needed to cover. So like with the routine, it's like, make sure you do this and then you do this and then you do this. I would have directions for the activities, maybe pictures of like what materials they needed because y'all know those kids just start dumping out their backpack of of fresh supplies. I'm like, no, you don't need those 10 Sharpies. Like put them back in your backpack. (laughs) And to help guide your day, if you find that you're not good at sticking to a schedule, you could even put those time increments that we talked about in, Mm. in tip one, you could put them directly on the slide or even add like a timer video to stay on track. So if you just search on YouTube, like five minute timer, 10 minute timer, you can insert that as a video on your slide. So when you're ready to start the activity, you start the timer and that way you don't get caught up and spend too much time on it. Personally, I would put the entire first week of slides together as one slideshow. So I literally titled them like first week of school. And the great thing is I could then reuse it every single year, which saved time. And not only did it make it easier for me, like I would just look through and update things as needed, but it also helped me not for not to forget to teach certain routines. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you're like, crap, did I even tell them about yeah. that? Like, I don't know, but if it's in slides, you're covered. So as you were talking, one of the things that I remember is when I was getting my bachelor's degree, to be a teacher. I had this one teacher who was so hip and cool. Uh, She had like pink hair at the bottom. She was blonde and she had like these red stiletto heels that she would wear all the time. I loved her. (laughs) Anyways, one of the things that I specifically remember is that every day we would walk in and she would have an agenda like on the whiteboard. Mm. And the best part is that as she went through everything that we were going to talk about, she would cross it Mm. off of it. Satisfaction. It was so satisfying (laughs) because you could just see how the class period was coming to an end. I loved it. Yeah. I like that. That just reminded me of that. (laughs) Okay. So tip number four is going to be to plan a variety of activities. So planning out the beginning of the year activities can be a little tricky because you don't really know where kids are as far as as in their academics. And you don't really want to start the year off with giving them a three-page like essay for them to write because you're going to have children crying all over the place. So instead, break down the activities that you plan into three different categories. So the first category that we have for you is quiet time sit-down activities. My favorite. (laughs) These are must-haves, okay? Because you will have times where you feel as though you just need them to sit. You need them to sit and you need them to stop talking to you for just a moment. So uh, some ideas for this are like classroom name, word searches. Those are like a really big hit. About me pages or craft type um, items that you can end up displaying on the hallway. Just be mindful that when you're doing some of the about me pages that your students can read them. And even if Um, You don't really know. You can always kind of go through and guide them through the process so that they can complete them um, and they know exactly what information goes where. Because I've definitely had a handful of kids every year who are like, I don't know what to put here. Just happens. It's, it's, It's inevitable. You might also have some surveys, but this might be too difficult, especially if you're in the younger grades. But if you're like a fifth, sixth grade teacher, maybe even a fourth grade teacher or up, um, this would be a really great idea for you. So you can give them some surveys. And some additional tip for that is to take the quiet time that you have 
to call students back and then start to label some of their supplies. So if you have those activities where kids can just sit and do it on their own, you can be kind of doing other items to help you get organized and prepped and ready and moving things along, which is a really good feeling. The second type of activity we have for you are morning meeting activities or closing circle activities. I love these because it incorporates movement, it builds community, um, and it's going to be routines that if you're somebody who likes to do a morning meeting closing circle, you're going to get started and set the expectations right from the very beginning. So have some morning meeting activity ideas. Um, And typically with a morning meeting, it includes like three different components. You have like a greeting where they will say hello to one another. You can do different things like a high five, a handshake, a fist bump. Um, You can have a share time, so you're going to learn very quickly which kids like to talk a lot. And then you can have different activities. Uh, You can do four corners. You can play 21. There are some other hot potato was always a real big favorite in my classroom of, of just some little movement activities that you could do five minutes here and there and incorporate them throughout the day because they're really fun to kind of get kids moving and to give them those little brain breaks. Um, some closing circle pieces that you want to think about. This is just kind of a wrap up of the day. You can have students share like what was their favorite part of the day, or maybe even talk through some different activities that you did. I love doing this because for me as a parent, when I go to ask my kids, Hey, what did you do at school today? I get the, well, I don't really know. One of them will give me that. The other one tells me like a whole full list of what's happening. For me, I think a closing circle really helps to encourage students to be able to talk about what's going on in that day. So I always just assume that if I do a closing circle, they're going to go home and be able to recite those exact same things because it's fresh in their memory. And then finally, incorporate some fun collaborative activity. Make the beginning of the year fun. It's a time to celebrate. You're excited to have them there. Make them feel like you're excited. And so I would like to incorporate some special collaborative activities. This can be like a STEM activity such as Saving Fred. Is that one of your favorites, Michelle? I love Saving Fred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cup stacking is a new recently, fa- it's a recent favorite one of mine. And then creating the longest links where you give students like just a sheet of construction paper yes. and some scissors and they have to create the longest link possible by far my favorite pieces you can also do if you're really brave some breakouts or escape rooms Um, there are some really great sellers that are on tbt that have some of these for the beginning of the school year i've used them a number of times and i highly encourage that you do the same so the final tip that we have for you is kind of related to what bridget just mentioned we want you to prepare time fillers Bridget already covered a bunch of fun activities you can do throughout the day to kind of break things up, but we want you to make sure that you plan more than you think you need because the first day can just be all over the place and you never know when you might have a 15 minute chunk of time that needs to be filled. So I think it's nice to have some go-to like activities and games that require no prep. That way you don't have to feel bad if you don't get to it. Like there's no wasted copies or wasted prepped materials. So personally for my slides, I would always have like five slides at the very, very end that had directions for each of these activities or like links or videos. And that way they were there if I needed them, but they were kind of like tucked away in the back of my slides. So here are a few examples. Brain Breaks are obviously great for this. You can use websites like Go Noodle or even just search Brain Breaks on YouTube, but they have like indoor recess ones that are between like 10 and 15 minutes long. So you can always just put on a Go Noodle. If everything just starts falling apart, put on a Go Noodle. Yes. 
kind of along those same lines are directed drawings. I always loved Art for Kids Hub, Mm -hmm. I think is the name of the channel, but it's a dad and like his two kids. And they walk you through step by step how to draw something. And you can find different themed ones. So there's a bunch for like back to school time. I also loved playing like the picnic game. I did this with students on buses all the time as a way to occupy them, but you can also use it for the first week of school with practicing names. So how the picnic game works is one by one, each student is going to state what they're bringing on a picnic, and it has to start with that letter of the alphabet. So the first person does A, the second person does B, the third person does C. But you have them incorporate their name. So for example, I would say, my name is Michelle and I'm bringing apples. So I did A, Bridget would then do B, but Bridget has to repeat what I said as well. So it becomes a memory game. So Bridget would say, her name's Michelle and she's bringing apples. My name's Bridget and I'm bringing bananas. And then I would have to say, her name's Michelle, she's bringing apples. Her name's Bridget, she's bringing bananas. My name's Billy, (laughs) I'm just gonna use that as an example, and I'm bringing carrots. So that way, they have to pay attention to each other. So you work on those listening skills and they get to practice names, which is great. And it's just fun. <laughs> My mind is blown. <laughs> There's always the kid who gets to cue and they're like, I'm bringing a quiche. <laughs> Oh gosh. (laughs) But obviously there's no prep involved with that. Another one I love is like the human knot. This is great for team building. You have your students. I typically do this outside because there's more space, but they get into a kind of a circle and then they all just like randomly grab hands with each other. Mm -hmm. So they form a big knot and then without letting go of any of the hands, they have to find a way to like untangle themselves. And they're like stepping over and moving through. It's hilarious to watch. It's a funny one. Yes. Yeah. You also could do two truths and a lie because for this, all students need is like a scrap of paper to kind of jot them down. I would suggest modeling how to play the game because you will have students who their lie is like, I like the color blue. And they're like, well, actually I like the color dark blue. And you're like, that's not, that's not a lie. So model what like a good (laughs) lie would be for this game. But not only does it take time for them to come up with their truths and their lie, but then also you can share them out and have students guess who they belong to. And then finally, Bridget mentioned the game 21. She's actually the one that shared this with me. So I'll let you explain this one. Okay. So the game 21 is kind of is one where the students will stand up and you can have them stay standing either in a circle or you can have them behind their desk. And what students are going to do is they're going to count to 21. You start at like a random spot in in your classroom because you don't want to start at the very beginning. I feel like if you do that every single time, it's the same kids who are always going to be out. Mm-hmm. So Kids can say one to three numbers, okay? But they are all going in sequential order from one to 23. So I mean, Let's one say to 21. My, yes, 21. Sorry, what did I say? <laughs> 23. Oh, Lord. It's like, oh, um, we changed the game. Guys, I can't think this morning. Um, so let's say Michelle starts and Michelle's going to say one, two. And so I can either say one number, two numbers, or three numbers. So then I might say, th- um, she said one, two, three, four, five. And then the next student might say six. And then the next one will say seven, eight, nine. And then the next one might say 
10, 11. So they just kind of keep going. They can only say up to three numbers, but the kid who says 21 has to sit down and then it starts again. And it's just kind of, they have to pay attention. And some kids are really strategic and they will be like, oh, I want to get that person out. So like, I'm going to say a number and then they're going to say a number and they get certain kids out. It's really funny. I had these group of boys who basically like tag teamed the girls and they got all the girls out one point. It was pretty, it was hilarious. Um, But yeah, 21 is a really fun game and it's a great one for when you have kind of that time that you just, you don't really know what to do, but you want something fun. Yeah, the whole manipulation part of it reminded me of the quiet game. So (gasps) I do this with my students in line if we get to like art and we're waiting for art to let out so my students can go in. They're standing in a quiet line. I will pick a random student who's like standing Mm -hmm. quietly. They step out of line. They scan the line. They pick another student who's, you know, facing forward, not talking, hands by their side. They go up and tap them on the shoulder and swap places with them. And that other student then picks a student. I always had like boys pick girls and girls pick boys because otherwise like the boys would all just pick boys. But then there's the students who figure out like when they know we're about to go into art, they will strategically pick the person in the front of the line so that they can then be the line leader. (gasps) Those stinkers. They are (laughs) And I kind of respect it because it it is. It's smart. (laughs) I would laugh. Yeah. All right. So let's recap the five tips that we've given you to help you organize your first day of school. Tip number one is to think of your day in increments. Tip number two is to spread out your routines. Tip number three is to guide your day with slides or slide into your day, Michelle. Is that how you slide through your day? (laughs) (laughs) Tip number four is to plan a variety of activities. And tip number five is to prepare time fillers. Do you want, oh, I, I guess it's my turn to outro. I'm so used to Bridget doing it that I just, I assume that it's hers. But no, you're right. It should be my turn. Okay. Everyone, we would love for you to check out our website, teachingonthedouble.com. Once you get there, we've got freebies for you to download. We've got a little tab at the top that says TSH, and you can let us know what is your time-sucking hurdle. You'll have the chance to be featured in a future episode. And we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast, like actually tell wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify or iTunes, you just, you're telling them that you want more of us, you know, and it's going to automatically download the episode so they're ready for you when we have a new episode every Thursday. And if you do listen through iTunes, please, please, please take the time to leave us a review. It really helps us get into the ears of so many more teachers. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.